Pressure pushing down on me, pressing down on you. Ah, ah, hello, and uh, welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Vanilla Jen. (laughs) I am David. David Mercury? (laughs) Well, actually, I guess David Bowie, duh. Yeah, but also I was going to say that if it's a an old music reference, it might be going over David's head. Sorry. True. David Bowie? No, I know, I know. Well, okay, admittedly, I probably can't name any Bowie songs off the top of my head other than um, Ground Control, The Major Tom. But again, I don't know the actual title of that song. It's Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. uh, welcome to our podcast where we're going episode by episode uh, through Transformers Rescue Bots, and today we're looking at episode two, Under Pressure. Yay! We're to episode two. We yeah, get it. We get an opening this time. Yes. I mean, not uh, immediately, but we will. Yeah, much like Transformers Prime, this does the cold open then theme song, but we can talk a little about the theme song. It is. Uh, it is one of those theme songs that explains the whole premise of the show, which I appreciate. Yeah, and yeah, it's probably... I, I I realize at about this point now, okay, I don't have children, and we are currently discussing the possibility of bringing my younger sister, who has a uh, five-year-old and eight-year-old boys, uh, onto the show to discuss child development and rescue bots. Uh, I, so I haven't, like, watched... Paw Patrol or anything that I would think of as like a preschool, like kindergarten age show. So I don't know, like how this ranks as far as like comparing the the amount of like personal endangerment going on, <laughs> and also things such as explaining the premise. And I don't know if Paw Patrol explains the premise in the opening credits, uh, but I I do feel I will say as of this episode, I do feel like I've kind of probably been like underestimating this series a little bit as far as target age like i was probably going two or three years too young for what they were actually going for yeah uh, this episode involves a lot of mortal peril (laughs) yes it really does uh but yeah anyway the opening credits not really a song i mean there's a little bit of a song but mostly it's just explaining yeah, it's, um, it, I, hate is too strong of a word, but I do not <laughs> like it. it. It, it came out, like, my first thought was like, it's Linkin Park for kids. <laughs> I mean, that's unfortunately apt for Transformers. It, yes? Well, actually, did you know that the, the guy who sings this is famous in Canada? Oh. oh, oh, in Can- oh, he's he's a Canadian singer. He's known in Canada, like like someone's girlfriend. She lives in Canada. You haven't <laughs> met her. Well, yes, specifically, it's Josh Ramsey, who's the vocalist of Marianas Trench, mm-hmm. who okay. are kind of like a like a pop punk band. Okay, oh. so it's uh, kind of he- like how you get kids shows with like. The B fifty twos doing Rocco's Modern Life, or oh, they might be giants Rocco's popping up with so stuff sometimes. Or that uh, that guy from Aerosmith who did the uh, theme song for the ninety Spider Man cartoon. 
Oh, I did not know that. Not I... and not um, uh, what's his name? Um, the lead singer. Not Steven Tyler. Not Steven Tyler. Not I think the, the guitarist. Okay. Uh, Joe I... Perry, maybe. I, uh, at this point, uh, I currently hold all narrative opening sequences to the standard of uh, the Defenders of the Earth cartoon, <laughs> which, as I was saying on Twitter this week, had lyrics by Stan Lee, and it shows because he's Stan lee the heck out of them. And I mean, I, and I, I think I contributed this on Twitter, but I mean, Stan Lee was born in 1922, and he is as excited about the team up of the Phantom, Mandrake the Magician, and Flash Gordon. As much as you would expect a man from 1922 to be, which is to say very. Yes. He's just like, how many exciting words can I stuff into this one minute opening to convey how awesome this is? Yeah, this is like, I don't know if this theme song is a musical, fits a musical genre that's contemporary and popular, but it it doesn't fit what I think of as a theme song. (laughs) Lord of the jungle, the hero who stalks. The beasts call him brother, the ghost who walks. Oh, at least the, there's there's more energy in that, I think, than, than this. Or, or there's a different kind of energy. I like 80s songs, 90s cartoon songs. They kind of go down. And then mm. then I just don't think of any the, anything after that. It's like, oh, there's an anime theme song I like. Because I don't I... understand most of it. I just like Stanley using all of the words. Uh, also... <laughs> Because some some of the chats we've been, some of our online chats have occasionally been fond of mentioning Heathcliff lately. That one. Go look it up. <laughs> it's stuck in your head now. There's uh, a theme? I anyways, guess there's uh, words, but I mostly I just remember the Cadillac cats. Anyway, speaking of stuck in your head, uh, Josh Ramsey's other claim to fame is that he co-wrote Call Me Maybe. Oh. What? Well, yeah, that... You that don't know Call Me Maybe? Maybe, but like, hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. But here's my number, so call me. Maybe it's hard to look right at you, baby. I'm going to say I have never heard this song before. You're singing it really badly. I mean, that's also true, but it was a very popular song. Uh, Within the last few years, within the years since the year 2000. I stalwartly resist any kind of pop music or, you know, music in general that's not like, you know, garbage indie folk, but it's, oh, the, I, even I managed to hear that one. The country singer girl? Huh. What? No. You're thinking Carly of Taylor Ray, Swift. No, Carly Rae Jessup, isn't that? That's no, you're thinking of Carly Rae, si- no, Billy Ray Cyrus. I don't know. Anyway, David, I will not tolerate your disrespect for Canadian queen Carly Rae Jepsen, She's, so we are just going to move thought, on. I thought she started out before as a, I let my temper overtake me. I thought she started out as a country singer, especially with that name. That name screams pr- Nashville to me. She's from Canada. Okay. Is she the one, and this is probably a better question for myself, but is she the one that gay guys are super into? Because I think that gay guys are really into her. That is correct. I mean, not like into wanting to have sex with her, but well, in, no. into her the way that I'm into Luke Evans, as we have established. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that is correct. Yes. Okay. I, I was pretty sure I had heard a lot of gay guys talking about her, like, excitedly with her new releases. Okay, I, I might just possibly She's be very good. her with somebody else with a similar name? 
Miley Cyrus? No, it was like a three. I thought it was Carly something like. Call me when like she's Courtney Barnett. I, I have no idea who these people are. Call me when you've heard of Courtney Barnett. I do not know music. This has been very evident in this episode. It's like, call me. I, I'm going to have to listen to Call Me Maybe later because I'm not sure I've ever freaking heard it. I will also send you a link to the most me Courtney Barnett song, which is entitled Nobody Cares If You Don't Go to the Party. <laughs> anyway, so this episode immediately begins with the town of Griffin Rock in mortal peril. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I really like Chase's, like, fake robot voice. It's very cute. Especially since it's not enormously far from his regular voice. Yes, it's just him, like, there is an emergency. <laughs> it's very cute. And in this case, it is a runaway robo-landscaper that is straight up chopping through metal poles and presumably off-screen people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seemed to be keeping its blades above, like, people height, so I'm sure it's I, fine. But it's, I don't know, it just made me think, oh no, the lawnmower man has escaped. I mean, mostly uh, people hype, but let's just say Griffin Rock is not fielding the basketball team this year. Anyway, Chase uh, is trying to chase this down appropriately enough. Well, we learned that Cody Burns is now, um, to quote Ned Leeds, the guy in the chair. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's very cute. Yeah, he's, he's sort of coordinating this whole thing. Um, and everybody else tries to tries to stop it. Um, Boulder tries laying down a spike. Or no, sorry, I'm getting this confused. He he eventually corners it in an alley, does a sweet backflip over it, yeah. and then just hucks it into a dumpster. It's a very Michael Bay jump from Chase there. Yes. Yeah, to the point that we actually see it in the opening animation with the theme song before we see it in the episode. Mm -hmm. There are a yes. lot of clips from this episode in the opening. Maybe they only had, like, the first couple done. Yeah, it could be. Admittedly, that's, that's usual standard animation stuff. Well, mm. American animation stuff, anyway. Like, the opening, you use your best shots from the first few episodes that you've already made. Stick them in there. You don't have, at least not anymore, you don't have, a, at least that I've seen. Maybe they still do it with some shows. Like, you have an opening that's completely new animated, unless you're, like, Avatar Last Airbender or, or stuff. Well, Transformers Prime did. Yeah. yeah, but that was that's only like thirty seconds long. Well, yes, I mean that's standard opening length. I mean this this now is it Japan. Is. You it gets over thirty seconds, people start to tap their feet. Uh, well, <laughs> get moving. Japan saves money by making it a minute and a half long, and it's in every. Yeah, episode. unless you're David Lynch, you're not getting away with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd like it to be at least a minute long. Nice something. Get hyped for the show. I don't know. The only current like 
you can't even have title sequences that are a full minute long anymore because the entire show these days is like 12 minutes. Well, yeah, so yeah, can, the, the only well, like... No, wait, how long is the one in Steven Universe? That's kind of long. That's exactly what I was thinking. And, that, uh, that's, and that's also one that kind of explains the show's premise, which I like. Yes. But that's a good song. Although I've never actually seen that show. It's very I, good. I need to see I've more. seen the I've opening. I've seen Chunks. I need to catch up with the last couple episodes, but I have I I mainlined that show at some dark moments. It's good stuff. It's exactly what everyone needs. <laughs> but yeah, it's all it's pretty much all uh unique animation to that, but like I was saying, the episodes are short. Like Cyberverse hardly even has an opening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm impressed that it has one at all, just because it is so short. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, the problem with this, the problem in this episode is that everybody's kind of new to their human partners, and with the exception of Chase and Chief Burns, nobody's getting along. Yep. So now it's time for Cody to be the team therapist. <laughs> yes. So basically the problem with Cade and Heatwave is that they are both jerks. Yes. That, to, that's to literally... Degrees. They're just they're just jerks at each other. They're, I mean, they're jerks to everybody, but also specifically problematically at each other yes and uh you know danny really enjoys flying and flying quickly and and blades does not enjoy flying or really doing anything quickly i mean also danny is just you know clearly a little bit impatient and and not very like understanding so Mm. She just she wants him to go. She's frustrated that he will not go high and fast and I guess I don't know, be a jet plane. She's single minded about flying, it's her thing. Mm-hmm. And he's a massive obstacle in the way. It's like you fly, but you do not fly high enough or fast enough. He is a precious cinnamon roll. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And meanwhile, uh it's it's a little more complicated with Graham and uh and Boulder, Boulder. because Graham's all A, hey, you know, the you know, I I'm he has a kind of inferiority complex because hey, these are advanced space robots. What could I possibly have to offer them? Yeah, and he doesn't like. I guess sympathy. I mean, he doesn't get yet that Boulder is is fascinated by Earth stuff because he thinks Earth stuff is boring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's the least problem between the pairings. It, it's sort of the most made up because Boulder is a big soft boy. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, he he tries to get them to uh tries to get them to work together. We also get to see a sweet uh self popping popcorn bag. Yes. It's exciting. Yeah, that adventure. was weird but cool. I mean yeah. this this whole show is I can't full imagine of like, the popcorn will turn out that we- that good. I mean, if it's anything like mine in the microwave anyway, it probably isn't gonna turn out that good anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, sometimes I can get it, but it doesn't really last a good quality that long. You really have to watch it. And there's that narrow window. Like, as soon as those kernels stop popping, turn that microwave off. Yes. Yes. I keep I count, like, one, two, one, two, and it, when, the, when the popping breaks the rhythm, you stop it. And you also have to eat it immediately, because after about five minutes, it yeah. turns into cold styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind the worst of, part. Kind of okay. Yeah, so they have, uh, basically Cody's brought the, the adults, and I feel like putting air quotes on adults here, <laughs> but he's brought the adults down to the, the old bunker, 
uh, and they, you know, had their old stuff that when they used to hang out down there, like Danny's still got a stuffed toy down there. They've got some arcade games. Yeah, they've got that sweet pinball machine. Why haven't they come down there in years? There's a sweet pinball machine down there. Well, they're busy rescuing things. I mean, I guess. Graham is busy doing math. Cade is busy doing his hair. <laughs> uh, Danny is probably busy doing, like, chin-ups, like Vasquez and Aliens. <laughs> Hey, Danny, you ever been mistaken for a man? No, Kate, no. how about you? <laughs> That's ridiculously in character for them. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> so. The, the, considering this is sort of like a few steps above Flash animation, it manages to do really good work. Like, there's good angle, like low angle and high angle shots of the bots. I guess the humans are okay, but it's more noticeable with the robots, like good perspective shots, and they're trying mm. interesting angles. Not everything is just flat on heads talking, like newspaper comic style that you'd get in like early Flash animations and stuff, or even later Flash. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying more dynamic things, which is good. Of course, I also noticed um, the robots, with the exception of Boulder, have these tiny little glowing beady eyes in dark sockets, like they're. <laughs> Death from uh, Discworld or something. <laughs> it is a little odd. Their their eyes are sort of a, an odd design choice. It it's a I guess it's a good design choice. It's just disconcerting that I didn't notice for the entire first episode. It's like, oh, they have tiny little beady eyes. And uh, they even uh, Heatwave even places a call to special guest our Optimus Prime. Yay! Ooh. We get some Peter Cullen in here. And he's all, listen, I, we kind of work with children all the time here. They're very malleable. I mean, easy to work with. <laughs> and yeah, he's suggesting that one of them brings up Cody and he's like, yes, we find that their, their youngest are, you know, very, can be very useful allies. And then he, he seems to, I felt personally imply, but not say, oops, gotta go Decepticons. <laughs> <laughs> listen, does one of them have a mom? Because, listen, if you get her in and she kind of gets like a weird crush on your medic, you're in like Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of them have, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm increasingly convinced that all of them are just adopted by Chief Burns as a single parent, because there's no way the same parents are going to name their kids Graham and Cade with a K. <laughs> they don't really look yeah. much like each other either. No, I... This might be a Bionic 6 situation. It, not to that extent, but yeah, it, it is very much that melting pot family dynamic of, of old TV and cartoons that, that feels odd in this day and age, but it makes sense. Like, you want to have a diverse cast. They look different, but they're all related, so it it's... Cade looks nothing like the rest of the family. Maybe Jack was just the only biological child of that marriage. And... <laughs> Okay, oh, I'm or, moving on from my headcanon that, that June and Chief Burns were married. Maybe he adopted them on. later, but he adopted them, not her. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so, they, you know, they're trying to bond here, but Boulder just ends up breaking this pinball machine because he doesn't really understand the concept of pinball. He just pulls no. the, 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 the handle off and thinks that he's winning. 
<laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, Blade has some adorable little conversation cards. Yes, he's such a good cinnamon roll. Not working on Danny, and then Cade and Heatwave are just being silent at each other. They're just sulking, not sulking, but a specific kind of sulking that's less goths and more just angry jocks. Like, it's man-brooding. Yes, they're man-brooding at each other. Like, they're both envisioning themselves as Batman, like, up on a rooftop in the rain. (laughs) Oh yeah, on the rooftops in Houston. Uh, anyway, so, uh, and of course, absent from all this are Chase and the Chief, because they are externally compatible. Yeah, they get along just fine. They have no interpersonal drama. That's right. They they both enjoy enforcing the law. Yes. Yeah, they, they lack interpersonal problems because they have less personality I suppose. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the chief is, you know, he's an older guy. He's kind of settled into life. Yeah. It makes sense that he's kind of boring and mellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like they're like the reverse of Cade and Heatwave in that they are both alike in a way that's actually compatible. Mm-hmm. Whereas those two are alike in a way that you can't have, you, you can't have two tops. Okay, I'm packing <laughs> up and going home now. Anyway, the chief gives him a call and say, oh, it, you know, there's a problem here. The sewers are overflowing with lava. <laughs> I would like to point out that when they say the sewers are overflowing, one of them, I think Danny is like, well, call a plumber. I'm like, okay, the sewers overflowing are specifically the realm of civil engineers like Graham. And he's right there. That's that's don't call a plumber Call this one member of the team. But yes, then you get the dot 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 with lava. Yeah, because this is Griffin Rock, a town that somehow has not been wiped off the map five hundred <laughs> times yeah, already. Uh, wait, is is it on an island? It is yes. an island, which means okay. that the, the the mainland will not be irradiated when this uh, <laughs> town finally goes up. As we will learn soon, this this island is dealing with, like, generations of extremely bad ideas. And specifically, it's in Maine, so we're in, like, Stephen King oh, territory here. Oh, Ooh. wow, that makes even more sense. And also it means that uh, the chief should have a much more hilarious accent. Yes. I'm, I'm now I'm kind of disappointed that he doesn't. Yeah. Now we'll be, uh, we'll be partnering with these robots now, you see. <laughs> The giant tin men will be our partners for life. That's the way it is up here. Man. Yeah, and actually it would be good. It's like, but, but like, oh, look, wait, this is a volcanically active island. Wait, well, the it, craziest it thing not is that quite... it is not. Yeah. That would, might actually be better. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it'd so... be more, it'd be even weirder if it was like volcanic activity that it, it turns out it's in Maine. It's like, okay. <laughs> Where's that king book? Although anyway, now that I think so, about it, I think that was actually a Dean Koontz book. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. Nobody has a talking... Actually, there the talking dog comes later. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a talking dog. I, I Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, we're going to turn into VR troopers. Anyway, so they, they race into action, uh, although Cade... Does not race into action with Heatwave. He brings his own fire truck, 
that he parks over a manhole, which then gets sprayed with lava and explodes, thus uh, dooming him via his own stupidity. Uh, Okay, A, it's a super retro fire truck, and B, in this particular sequence, this lava coming out of the sewer is directly, like, they're at a gas station. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you noticed the background in that sequence, but they're at a gas station. Everybody on this island is dead. Yeah, the heat (laughs) should have gotten to the underground gas tanks and taken them out if it's in the sewer. um, Again, applying logic to children's show is dangerous. Um, It's at this point in my notes, I have a note. Cade is a wanker. (laughs) Yes. I'm trying not to curse, so I'm now using foreign languages. (laughs) We're just, our, our language is going to like... I mean, I guess our language is going to mellow out while we're talking about kids' shows, but apparently not my references to gay sex. Oh, no, the references Sorry. are fine. It's just, like, like let's try cursing less when talking well, no, about No, I don't the, think it, it's not props. even intentional. It's just that I don't, I don't want to curse around these precious children who are yes. our main characters. I, I was going to use dingus. Oh, that's a good one, too. Oh, the dingus. Or, or dink. You could use dink. Ooh, that's also a good one. Yeah, he is kind of a dink. Anyway, nobody is, people are still not working well together. And so Cody places a call to uh, first-time speaking character, Doc Green. Yes! And whose voice is he speaking as? Well, take a look. It's in a book. (laughs) Yay! It is LeVar Burton. Yes! Uh, Polishing up those educational TV bona fides. Yes! Doing, like... Is a slight accent? It seems to come and go. It's not quite his regular voice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely acting. He's putting on maybe just an affect of something. It's, it's, it's yeah, maybe a little more Kunta Kinte than uh, Jordi LaForge. Yeah, hmm. I can see that. With, of course, a healthy dose of Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd yes. mixed in. Yes, very much so. So they uh, they call him up, and he is indeed hanging upside down to see if he is smarter if all the blood's in his brain. Oh my god, he's Brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he... Oh, oh, well now I have the mental voice of what Brainstorm sounds like, finally. That's immediately <laughs> what I thought of. <laughs> that bit in, in More Than Meets the Eye when Brainstorm is just hanging upside down when Chrome Dome comes in. And, and Chrome Dome says something about how he has to be nice to him because he's his only friend. <laughs> <laughs> Chrome Dome is Brainstorm's only friend. Well, the nice thing about Doc Green is he at, at least must have had a friend at one point because he has a daughter. Although, again, no mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, TV I, mean, I mean, I'm sure we can come up with some ideas <laughs> considering the context. I mean, this episode has already seen a runaway uh, killdozer and a, a, a deadly volcano. And he's apparently the cause of a lot of these things. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't open casket. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he's he's kind of oh, ground zero. Oh, oh no. Wow, we're getting dark. I, ju- I just, I, I'm hoping someday we see an adult woman with a speaking role in the show other than Danny. Hopefully it'll come, because yeah. so far it's it just is, some single dads. I've watched ahead. It is coming at some point. Okay. Uh, in fact, it'll require, it'll uh, result in me talking about HR puffin stuff. So uh, get ready for that. <laughs> oh, great. You're going to give me nightmares. Why? 
Why would anyone talk about H.R. Puffin stuff? It's relevant. Okay. Anyway, it, it turns out that the island is not naturally volcanically active, but uh, they that uh, it is the result of Mount Magma, which was an artificial life-size volcano built for the 1939 World's Fair, moved to Griffin Rock, and it had a giant pipe in it driven into the earth so it could bring up actual magma. <laughs> which, which, <laughs> at which point bad it stopped being on this island. a fake volcano and turns into a real <laughs> volcano. Yes. <laughs> you literally just made a volcano. Maybe yes. it's an artificial volcano, but it's not fake. It's a volcano. Yeah. People on this island have been making extremely poor decisions for a very long time. Yeah, because I guess it turns out you're supposed to, like, open it up and let the the magma out every now and then, <laughs> as opposed to closing it up and then forgetting that it existed since 1939. Yeah. What the hell, guys? So, yeah, he he says, yeah, you, well, you, why don't you, you just open it a little bit, a little magma will come out, and then lava will stop gushing out of the sewers. This is probably coming out of people's toilets, too. <laughs> What's left of the toilets? I What's mean, left of the people? It's probably like the waters, like the toilet. Okay, toilet sewers don't go to your storm drains. It's a completely separate system. There should be steam all over the island if it's getting into the sewers, and you know, charred skeletons, boiling. Yeah, steam. it's like the, the this cartoon, as we're going to see, like many forms of artificial media that don't film at actual volcanoes. <laughs> Being near a volcano is really fucking deadly. <laughs> yes. Like, just, the heat will boil your skin off. The noxious fumes coming off it will kill you from dozens of yards like, away. That's the, I mean, I yeah. I suppose it's just when you're like six years old, you you think that maybe like volcanoes are an it's like dinosaurs, like they're interesting natural phenomenon to learn about. And you don't understand the actual implications of dying in lava, because that's not a good way to die. I mean, I guess if you do it right, it's quick. <laughs> but oh my god. Well, depending upon the, the movie you're watching, you could survive long enough to carry someone a couple of yards to a boat. I saw both of those movies that year in theaters. <laughs> one of them I waited for the dollar theater. It was that one. The I've Tommy Lee one. Jones one I saw first run. Uh, yeah, that is Volcano. The other one uh, starring Dante's Pierce Brosnan Peak. and Linda Hamilton, Dante's Peak. I think yes. I saw uh, I'm going to say Volcano, sure. the, uh, the more exciting of the two. Yeah, it was sort of like... Uh, Armageddon and, uh, what was that Deep other Impact. one? Deep Impact. Deep Impact, how, like, Armageddon was the Michael Bay one, and Deep Impact was the more, like, subdued disaster movie. The more subdued disaster movie. Yeah, I mean, like, you, know, Morgan, volcano... you know, Morgan Freeman's the president. He's going to give some very solemn speeches about this a giant asteroid that is heading towards the Earth. And yeah. also, Taya Leone is reconcil reconciling with her parents or something. That movie was extremely boring. Yeah, so it was like Dante's Peak was like the deep impact of the Volcano movies that both came out in the same summer, well, and uh, Volcano was like the Armageddon. I, I don't think it's as much of a difference, but it is weird how often that happens. Like, <laughs> in the like the same month, the same shit keeps coming out. Like, go back to Man-Thing and Swamp-Thing. They de debuted within a month of each other. <laughs> with no yeah, relation I, to each other. 
I feel like that's getting to be less of a thing, though I realize now that I think about it, that's probably because all media is owned by the same, like, three companies. Yeah. It, <laughs> so they can like actually coordinate better. Things yeah, in the I, zeitgeist. And it probably happens less that, oh, somebody gets a rumor of a script and starts working on another, or just grabs a script. Hey, oh, this one's got a volcano in it. Print it. Make a movie. Listen, is, listen. does John Carroll Lynch melt in this movie? Bonus. <laughs> and that, that scene is great. Yeah. Although I recently discovered, like, I, I knew that, that Swamp Thing and Man Thing, like, they weren't the first Swamp Monster creature. Oh, no, they're ripoffs of the Heap. They're ripoffs of the Heap, but I recently found out there's an even older story. It was originally a short story called It, about ah. a muck monster thing around a skeleton of some dead guy from hmm. oh, forget, I forget when the story was but it was before the heap hmm. and I think it might have been made into like a oh one of the EC comics or something something like that like hmm. it was a comic one shot and then the heap hmm. happened which was awesome and weird Benjamin, be nice I'm and we got the two and, and then, then Todd McFarlane brought the heap back Yes, they, he's presumably they reprinted those comics. I remember from. something like that. Yeah, so anyway, everybody's going to pitch in and they're going to work together and we're going to stop this island from being buried under lava. Also, I think it's Blades who has a line about how we didn't have the chance to save our home. So now we're going to help you save yours. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my baby. Sad. Okay. Anyway, babies. So, uh, so, so Boulder and Graham are, uh, they get, they get to the, uh, volcano. They're looking around, uh, how to operate this thing because this volcano has an on switch. <laughs> hey, they come up with a very clever way to deal with that on switch. Yes. Yeah. He's got seismic imaging. Yes. So he can find it because it's under, like, built up just dirt from mm. many decades of not being used as an active volcano. Yeah. Uh, Chase and the chief uh, clear out campers, including uh, the la- a couple of lad pioneers, which is this series' fake Boy Scouts. Oh. Come up a lot in the future. Lad pioneers. Uh-huh. Yeah, lad pioneers. That's cute. I don't know if there's a girl equivalent, which I guess would be lass pioneers. I guess so. Yeah. I'm not sure if, not sure if a girl can be a lad. Mm, I mean, well, if she I mean, truly in her heart is a lad, then she is well, yes. a lad. But yes. When you're a lad, you're a lad all the way. So anyway, they, they find the switch, and to avoid, you know, being in the crater when it opens up, they use blades to use his winch to open, to pull the switch, which is clever. It's, it is. It's very <laughs> clever. It's like, I don't know. I appreciate that the writers thought of that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of volcanic accuracy, it does release like a giant ash cloud. Yes. And Blades gets very lost in it. You know, she tells him to go up, and he's not exactly sure which way up is. Wait. Ah, uh, the, the the little cinnamon roll. <laughs> like which way's up? So they they sh- they they show he shows that he can trust her. And lets her take the controls and and take them up, even though up is scary, <laughs> so they can get out of that ash cloud. Yes. So the uh, the uh, the lava is coming out. Uh, heat wave and Cade are spraying uh, wet stuff on the red stuff to cool it down. <laughs> As you do. 
but unfortunately, some of it is leaking into the tunnels that uh, honeycomb this island, which leads directly to uh, the firehouse. Oh no, my secret which tunnels! Is where which... Cody is. Somehow no. I didn't realize that, like, last episode was about, oh, showing the robots, we can go anywhere on this island with the secret tunnels. Oh right, that's where the lava's gonna go. Yes. <laughs> into the convenient <laughs> lava tubes that are already there. Okay. And unfortunately, Cody is not by the phone because he is down in the bunker trying to fix this pinball machine. <laughs> oh, no! So there is some extreme child peril here. Yeah, like, man. Seriously, I need to ask my sister if Paw Patrol is this dangerous. <laughs> PJ masks. I mean, I, I hope not. I'm not entrusting this level of rescue to a bunch of dog people. No. No. Even if they are the dog police. Oh, <laughs> I, you will not know how how disturbed I was yesterday when I saw that video linked in a completely different Discord from our own. And it was not what? Rob doing it. Dog it like, police? Yes, dog police showed up in the wild. It, it, it's, it's like reality <laughs> was cracking it and this little thing that, that is Rob's alone just broke into the rest of reality. <laughs> I mean, when I watched Dog Police, I'm pretty sure I felt like reality was breaking down around me. <laughs> yeah. Dog Police, where are you going to? Dog Police, nobody knows who you are. Arf, arf, arf. <laughs> this episode's given me a lot of opportunities to sing. I love it. Yeah. It, it, oh, and we haven't even got to the musical episode yet. It, wait, is Ooh. the musical episode even in the first season? Oh, no. That's like season three or something. Yay, I don't gotta, have to watch it again. You gotta go for a while first. Not yet. Aww. Not yet, eventually. Anyway, you. so uh, it's uh, it's Heatwave and Kate who have to brave these lava-filled tunnels. And it they is... have to work together. They're really doing their best. We get like a neat uh, zooming tunnel shot here. <laughs> but it is just not working out. Also... The uh, the the effect of spraying water on the lava just gave me Minecraft flashbacks. <laughs> gonna oh, go mine. Oh, yeah, gonna works. go make yeah. some obsidian. Yeah, that's how you make obsidian is pouring water onto lava. Yeah, it, it's one of the neat tricks in Minecraft. But like, they're in a tunnel, but they're backed up against a tunnel which has a steel door. So they're in a confined space filling with lava. They're pouring water on it. There's got to be so much gas and heat in that confined little bottled area before yes. the door. They have died of sulfur inhalation. Kate is dead. Well, he waves fine. Kate, Kate, okay. is, Kate is not. Not fine. No. I mean, listen, Cade, you know, listen, Cade's at his best when he's back, when his back's to the wall. He's going to fight to the end and he's taking it all. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I didn't know what this was. I didn't know that's what this was. It's always time for the touch. Yeah, it is. I agree. Anyway, they pretty quickly run out of water. Uh, and I, it, I'm, it's kind of interesting that they note that Heatwave is capable of running out of water. Because there's only so much ro robot in there. He should just be sloshing when he walks. That sounds really uncomfortable. Yeah, luckily Danny and Blades come to the rescue. They've they've snagged a water tower, and they they clear the rocks, dump it into this tunnel, cools the lava, and uh, you know Cody is not dry roasted. Yay! 
mean the day is saved, by which yes. I mean the kid. The kid is saved. <laughs> Once again, the day is saved. The pinball is saved. And the pinball is, yes, because they, they go there the next day and they have, they've repainted down there. There's a big Autobot rescue bot symbol on the wall. Yes, it's, it looks very high res compared to most of them. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, you know, those old, like, uh, Transformers storybooks where, you know, you'd have some sort of, you know, like, nice Earl Norm painting of Bumblebee or something, and then some Claude just slapped an Autobot symbol from a, a Vellum or whatever onto him. <laughs> I I was thinking like that, except the Dreamwave comics when they would just straight up Photoshop higher resolution symbols onto characters sometimes without... Oh, well, adjusting them well. Even IDW did that at the beginning, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think it might have been even like a Hasbro mandate. I think it's more that mm. they got... I don't know if it's something that they necessarily stopped. I don't know that all of like... You know, that they all became hand-drawn. But uh, I suspect that probably they at least got much, much better at pasting yes. them in because at first they were very bad at pasting but, them. Oh, but the best part is when they hand draw and like you have a, an Autobot symbol at Ultra Magnus that's actually kind of frowning. Oh, <laughs> okay, some, yeah, I guess it's the most fun part to draw. Milne did hand draw a lot of them. Yeah, Milne got really good at drawing those little faces. All right, and that is it for Under Pressure. You know, it's kind of our first normal episode and kind of sets the, the formula for the episode, which is usually opening terrifying danger and then <laughs> subsequent even more terrifying danger. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of danger going on. And also we're, you know, solving some sort of interpersonal problem. Yes. Yeah. Which is an ongoing thing. It, it's nice that they're not immediately friends after introductory episode. And it's not yes. easy. It's learning and growing. Hey, it's for little kids. But or, although mm. I'm not entirely sure, like, what is the age range aim for this show? I yeah. Again, I mean, I guess the thing is, I I think you know, I think of it being oh, like the equivalent to Go 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 Bots. But I suppose the mainline Transformers series alongside this was Transformers Prime, which was absolutely, like, preteen and up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, it was not, like, an 8 to 12 kind of show. So I see this as being, like, maybe a 5 to 9 kind of mm -hmm. show. I, I don't know children. I don't know anything <laughs> about children. Working five to nine. What a way to make a living. Now I'm kind of oh, no curious. I'm, I'm going to have to, maybe between episodes, I will do a quick spot of research and uh, see if TF Wiki like, has an official age range that this was targeted to. Yeah, so uh, so oh, that I, does uh, it for this episode. Oh. No, no, mm -hmm. no. My, minor report. I'm going to be doing uh -huh. this every episode, presumably, if, if I have time. Watching mm -hmm. more um, 2Q Sentai. Go, go, five. Every episode. Because it's re th rescue themed, as I pointed out last episode. Not that I will give a long report. Um, the villains of the series showed up in the second episode. Saima Family Tornado. They're like calamity <laughs> demons from space. 
it it's a nice idea that like the heroes are a family and their dad and the villains are a family also with only one girl and they're trying to resurrect their i guess Cthulian monster mother with the coming <laughs> conjunction of planets and the stars will be right ooh that sounds great and in the second episode they they rescue a astronaut who's friends with one of the brothers they come crashing down and they destroy a tornado monster so it's not exactly thematically appropriate to this episode but last episode it was a giant meteor monster that started causing lava to erupt everywhere hey <laughs> so uh th- there th- the similarities are not one to one but they're probably going to crop up because th- there's a lot of similar themes when you're dealing with rescue vehicles <laughs> that will crop up Maybe it's one of those it's one of those things like a like anniversaries so second episode is lava. <laughs> <laughs> the, um I don't know if the, the Power Rangers does that thematic as much like with Common Rider there within the first few episodes although the, it may not be as common anymore it was usually like the first few episodes you'd have a spider monster and like a tiger monster or something like there was a, a usual pattern of like, there was a spider monster really early because in the first common rider, the first villain was a spider monster. Oh no, the second one is usually a bat, or used to be a bat. A spider, bat, then tiger, or lizard, something or other. I don't know Sentai as well. Anyway, yes, we're done. All right, and we will uh, be back next week with more rescue bots. Uh, episode three, Hot Shots. What? Hot Shots going to be in this? Part two? Oh, that was the joke I was just about to make. <laughs> that was the only joke about Hot Shots. I don't even remember seeing Hot Shots part one. I feel like I feel like Dr. Zoidberg. That's my joke. I'll kill you. <laughs> it seems a little intense. Uh, uh. Anyway, until then, we are all over the internet. We're on Twitter, uh, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. And Discord! Yes. <laughs> we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up uh, to help with uh, hosting expenses and other costs. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And we don't know what we're talking about for February yet, but we'll know pretty soon. That's right. Yeah, we'll no, figure but, it out. Um, probably something shorter after the two-hour-long discussion of the latest Star Wars movie. That's right, with uh, with special guest uh, Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, you'll have to introduce me to him. I wasn't yeah. there. I, I definitely will. That uh, that guy's uh, that guy's a barrel of laughs. <laughs> I guess I can understand how he might have procreated. <laughs> I I still say that was a turkey baster situation. <laughs> Her cloning situation or something. Anyway, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. Okay. I'm recording. Yeah, I'm also kind of a disaster today. I had to talk to someone on the phone for personal business. It was terrible.
Oh, I have, I have a looming Marvel deadline, so I've been Aww. stressing out. Plus, I've got this puppy to look after. Yeah, you have a Your very puppy. important puppy. Yes. Anyway, okay, I'm ready to go. Okay. Oh, I have a dentist appointment next week, and then the week after that, I have a hose shoved up my nose for 24 hours, so that's going to fucking suck. I, I was going to say something about worst places to about shove it. hoses that I have experienced, but generally they don't keep it there for 24 hours. Oh, no. No, yeah, it, it's... Well, I, I gotta go in, and, and then they're gonna shove it in, and then take it out, and then shove it in and leave it in for 24 hours, and I have to come back the next day. Oh, that's... It's not great. Either going to be mildly annoying, or the most annoying day of my entire life. I'm gonna take your switch. Uh, well, no, that's the thing. I'm not staying there. They're gonna shove it in and send me home, and I have to come back the next day. Oh. That's not fun. <coughs> Still... Video game yeah. distraction therapy. Uh, it's good stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. Probably. 